Welcome everyone to another episode of Control Group. Thank you for joining us for Cinders of Winter. Our Powered by the Apocalypse hack created by Andrew Medeiros in the style of A World of Fire and Ice. When we last left off, we found Rhaegal entwined with Elena Forrester, to which Rogvir the Red happened to spy. In his flustered rage, Rhaegal realized something has to be done about Rogvir. Whereas nearby, Jaina Sunswalter was promising her brother Rhaegal to Lord Forrester's daughter, Wilfred. You. House Oakheart had a, <laughs> through a rousing success and a very, very easy time, was able to make it to be one of the great houses of Westeros. Stuck it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to some clever words by Ruthelius Sand, we found murking off his own men, to which we also saw Docs Martell having to realize some things about the truth behind Ruthelius Sand. Marla Corbray had sent out Galvin to gather whatever evidence was needed to clear her of the crime of treason and save her life. Join today on Marla's trial day. But we're going to start with Galvin somewhere in King's Landing, attempting to grab evidence, all that he can, to save the Lady of House Corbray. Okay, so I think that I can put it together that um, either... C- clearly, uh, Marla has told me that this letter is something that she's never seen in her life. Uh, um, either the stamp was literally stolen, or, like, someone from her... Or, like, it was forged on a paper that had already been stamped or something like that. So the assumption that I think Galvin would be able to see is, like, first place I need to check is through Marla's things and especially her um, handmaids. Galvin's like Batman. I love him. We only see him when the mystery needs to be solved. He's always hanging out. Stealing bodies. (laughs) As you do. Galvin heads to the chateau provided by King's Landing to House Corbray. Um, a bit nicer than the rest of ones we've seen. We see that Robin Aaron might have afforded her a better place because of where their standing once was. Galvin, as you're searching the room, I would like you to... I'd like you to study a situation for me, so I'd like you to roll plus sense. Yes, okay. Okay, I got a 13. Damn, starting oh. off hot. Holy shit. Alright. Way better than last you can time. Ask you can ask three questions, and since these are kind of a little battle-heavy, if you want to ask some free-range questions, I'll also take those. If you want to spit off the top of the dome. <laughs> okay, so, firstly, uh, just table talk. Mm-hmm. I'm in the chateau. It's just one large room, or it's multiple rooms? Uh, hers is, like, one large suite, yeah. Her specific room. But uh, the chateau overall is multiple rooms. Okay, um, so so this is just inside of Marla's suite? Yeah, you've been able to successfully like climb up a wall and over a veranda into her room. This isn't really one of the questions, but I'll ask, um, just like, is everyone there? Like, I, obviously I've been here a lot of the times and know all of Marla's staff, I think. Is everyone that I know, are they currently here, like, doing their jobs as usual? You have noticed that peeking out of the doorway sometimes, you find that I will say most of Marla's handmaidens are missing, but uh, okay. staff-wise, everyone seems to be there. 
what is the biggest threat to me in this building, in the chateau? I would say there are still King's Landing's guards about, specifically looking for Galvin. Cool, okay. Just because they haven't, they haven't found the water dancer, and everyone's been fucking talking about him, so we gotta find the water dancer. And uh, so has our so audience. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Galvin peeks out of the door and sees, like, a King's Landing guard, like, walking down the hallway, and then he closes the door and locks it. Uh, but the okay. king's landing guard doesn't notice, you know. What should I be on the lookout for? I would say double check around where Marla keeps her stamp and keep an eye out for the handmaids. Okay, great. Can I find her usual parchments and stamps and all of that in, in, in order? Or Yeah, you head over to a, a nicely ornate brown wood, or actually iron wood desk a little bit of lore this ironwood came from the forester lands they're rich in ironwoods which is usually what's made of most shields in the land of westeros um so there's a nice ironwood desk there it's that attention to detail that really brings the production value of the show up you know yep exactly um you find all of her stationery um and as you can see there is a stamp missing or her stamp is missing she's got a nice little box for it Robbing that open. dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I think I'm done here. I'm just no. um, so I'll go to. Okay, then I'll leave and try and uh, find anyone else here. Just whatever handmaid or or higher up person that's nearby. The closest. Galvin heads to a nearby courtyard near the Corbray Chateau, where we find a nice little grassy area. Very unlike old King's Landing. A lot of it has been rebuilt a little bit more with nature in mind. Not the cold cobblestone streets that you remember for King's Landing. As we see a tree where some kids are playing with a ball. There's even a harpist working on a piece. We see three of Lady Corbray's handmaidens uh, sitting on a bench. Two of them are weeping while the other one is consoling as Galvin approaches, you recognize the three handmaids, um, as you've seen them before. One of them is Scylla, the other one is Victoria, and the other one is Emily. Good evening. As um, Emily's still choking up and crying, as Victoria consoles her, uh, Scylla stands up amongst the two off the bench and gets closer to Galvin. Almost out of earshot for the other two. Oh, Sir Stone, it's a, it's a pleasure to see you. I, I'm sure you've heard what's happened. As she's not looking directly at you, she's looking around you and around the area. Is she telling the truth? Roll to observe a person. Okay. That's plus sense. All right. Uh, plus one, yeah. I got an eight. All right. With an eight, you can ask one of these questions. Is your character telling the truth? What's the character really feeling? What does the character intend to do? What does the character wish you'd do? And how you can get the character to blame? What does your character intend to do? I'm going to say that Galvin has dealt with a runner before. So you can tell that she's looking for a situation to create um, so that she can go and alert the King's Landing guards. 
All right, I'll try and grab onto her and like um, slap a hand onto her mouth. <laughs> you uh, are successfully able to do that as <laughs> Victoria and Emily are like, what's going on? And I'll just put like a finger to my mouth. Scylla, uh, what, what, what is Sir Stone doing? What's going on? And then I'll do um, just a quick, I'll just like throw uh, like a throwing knife or something, just like on the ground in front of them, just to like um, tell them I'm serious or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and then I'll pull um, Scylla into the building. I'm gonna have you roll to take by force, so you're gonna roll plus edge for me. Damn, shit's going down. I got a seven. Definitely take hold of Scylla. Uh, you can suffer a little harm from what's about to happen. You can inflict terrible harm, or you can impress dismay or scatter Damn. Uh, I'll try and... So this is just to Scylla, or to the others as well? Um, I think the other two are gonna react based on what you do. Okay. I'll uh, try and uh, dismay her. Tell her that... <laughs> make her fear or tell her that I'm serious. It's gonna fuck out. Yeah, so as it's as you're dragging her away, she's able to break free her mouth as she shouts back to the girls like, Don't worry about it, ladies! <laughs> and Victoria and Emily are just too confused and have been through a lot today. So they they take the throwing knife, but then they sit back down on the bench. As you drag Scylla into a nearby we'll say it's like a, a like a dining room. Just a little dining hall, like a little soup kitchen. Close the door behind you and pin Scylla back up against it. I'll uh, step back a little bit, because I, you know, as long as I can try and block the exit, but. And then I'll say, that was a very wise move. I've done some searching within Milady's dwelling and discovered there may be foul play. If you know any information, tell me now. Or you know the consequences will be grave. All I'll say is that you should be there right now for our lady, Marla. You're her personal knights. Where, where have you been? We haven't seen you in days. Yes, that's the point. Very few do see me. And yet Marla is always aware of my actions. My lady and I are linked inexorably and forever. And yet I don't know that others within our household can say the same thing. Are you entirely and completely devoted to Marla Cobre? Very, uh, very dark household. <laughs> I am completely and entirely devoted to the Vale. <laughs> and I'll do whatever it is in my power to protect that. And I will have no Baelish sympathizer, tell me otherwise, as she spits on the ground. Damn, dude. I'll get a little bit closer to her face. Baelish sympathizer? Well, yes, you... Lady Corbray obviously ordered the treason against our lord, Robin Aaron. I don't remember much of the times under Peter Baelish's rule, but all I remember is House Corbray licking at his boot. I'll, um, like, slam a fist on the door. The head of House Corbray at the time was, of course, Lynn Corbray. Both you and I know that this is untrue. Lord Lynn Corbray would never take such action. I can see she's trembling just a little. I'd like to shut someone down. Six. 
Uh, you also got dissed down eight cents. <laughs> Except that I have, uh... But now she has a string on you, Galvin. <laughs> I don't know what makes you think you have the power here, as she's starting to stand up a little straighter and even puff her chest out. I open this door and scream one word, and the King's Landing Guard will have you hung, just like they'll have Lady Corbraid hung today. Damn. If you wish to protect wow. the veil, I'd stay out of it and fall in line. It would appear your alliances are quite clear. What action have you committed against the interests of the House of Corbray? Tell me now, or I will... Or you can tell your entire story to the court of the great houses of Westeros. I believe I'll do that then. Since my story stands straighter than yours, I mean... You've been missing for days, dead errant guards, Lady Corbray's seal upon a letter of treason, and me, soon to be Lady Aaron of the Vale. Good. Ensure that all of this is made aware to all of the great houses, and I'll just, um, I don't need to, I don't need to use any force. I'll just open the door, and, uh, I guess I'll tell her to stay here, and I'll go back to the other handmaids. I'll, I'll do as I wish, but have fun investigating. As she'll flutter her eyelids at you and walk out of the kitchen. I'll go back to the other two and ask them how, uh, firstly, how devoted they are to Marla Cabret. As uh, Emily just still hasn't stopped weeping. Can't you see? <laughs> We're having a bit of a hard time. As um, Victoria will actually... Um, reveal from, like, under one of the folds of her dress the the throwing knife that she picked up that you had thrown to them. It'd be better if you just leave, alright? I understand. If you would like to operate, continue to operate for Marla Cobray, then you'll do one thing. Ensure that Scylla is in attendance during the trial. Victoria, the one with the knife, will nod as Emily continues to sob. I'll return to Marla's suite. And I'd like to consult Lore. Roll plus Will. I got a 10. Nice. Okay. With a 10, I'm going to tell you something interesting and useful about the subject relevant to your situation. So we know that currently Marla is being charged of three crimes. Treason, poisoning, and the murder of the Aaron Knights. So Galvin knows that the murder of the Aaron Knights was on him but also Rockvir, No leads on the poisoning, and you're currently on the the letter forgery track. Okay, I'll try and find Rogvir to confer about this uh, Aaron assassin, because honestly, I don't know the entire story on that. Of course. Uh, where's where's Rogvir chilling at, Hadley? Where's Rogvir chilling at? Um, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, I'm so incredulous every time I <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> what kind of fucking question is that, dude? <laughs> Jesus. Where's Ragvir hanging out? After he ran away from trying to get shut down by Regal. Yeah, let's just make it a nice little setting. You see Ragvir's hanging around the port's uh, seaside Hell of yeah. King's Landing. Love He's kind place. of muttering to himself and uh, just looking up at the, the blue crystalline waves. Wow. Alright, I'll walk up and I'll say, Ragvir. You came to my aid when I had no one else to turn to. Can it be that 
my old friend, has returned. Can I um? Can I see a vision in the water that has to do with uh, Galvin? Yeah. Yeah, of course. What else will? Okay. Love these visions. Even though I'm doomed, I can still see. I can still. Yeah, I'll still give you. As long as they're not about Rodvir himself, okay, you can still see others' visions. If I fail, do I see my do I see my d- uh, death more in depth? <laughs> oh, I'll do something interesting if you fail again. Okay, cool. Got a seven. Oh. Okay, seven's fine. Yeah, seven. just made it. Wait, hang on. There's a specific thing that I see when it's partial. Oh, okay, well, it specifically says on a seven to nine, name one person who will die or one person who will live. Oh shit. Do it. Name him. Name him? I think Galvin lives. Okay. I, I'm going to look at him and I think I do. Rem- I think um, I'm going to let this be a moment of clarity for Ragvir. Almost in a way. And look at him and say, yes. Yes. Galvin. My friend. I'll reach out my forearm. Like a medieval greeting between friends. What have you come to see me for? How did you how did you know to come to my aid? What information do you have on the errant assassins that attacked us? Rather that were following me, and that I took it upon myself to attack. My judgment has been clouded lately, my friend, as he looks off into the sea. I I have not been myself. I could not see anything but the danger that lied in front of you. I found myself down there without cause, but I found a reason to be there. I know very little about what is happening, but I do know one thing. And then I'm going to tell him about the uh, the, the, the seal that was uh, that Robin Aaron seal. I feel that there's a lot more at stake than we're aware of. I am unsure how far this goes. Cool, so I'll try and give him like a description of what Scylla... Well, no, I'll, I'll take his description of the woman that he saw, and, you know, see if I find out who it is. And uh, I'm assuming I can tell that it's Scylla. Uh, yeah, you can easily put it together. Great. Awesome. Um, um, I think he can start to feel himself start to slip away back into his, back into his madness again. Okay. I think he's kind of changing and you can see his face sort of changing into several faces and change uh, specifically changed into Scylla's face. Whoa. Okay. Um, so as I'm seeing him grow, firstly, like great, <laughs> but as I'm seeing him get more unhinged, I, I don't want to say one more thing. I recall a time that you and I were able to put our power together to see into what cannot be seen to gain more insight into the world that otherwise would be impossible. So I want to mention a time that when he and I had known each other years ago, we were able to like basically consult Lord together, but like put our powers together and like try and have a vision with both of our um, magic at the same time. I'd like both of you to roll plus will for me. I got an eight. Nice. Twelve. Uh, Rogvir stares intently at the sea as we watch Galvin overlook the little safety wall that's there as well. And we watch waves crash into each other as sea foam gathers at a little rock pool below the both of you. 
Hey there, this is Nick from Control Group. Thank you so much for listening to our incredibly professional and concise productions. While you're listening, we'd appreciate it if you took the time to give us a review, and I'd personally become your new best friend if you shared our podcast with your friends and family. You can follow all of our releases on social media at Control Group Pod. Oh shoot, I think it's back on. Let's get back to listening. In the sea foam, the haze that's created, we move back in time. We see a desert-scorched land of Essos, uh, deep in the recently freed cities of Volantis. We come upon a grand tent where we see members of the Red Cloak Guild all together working on one of the largest spells they've ever worked on. Uh, We see outside the tent Galvin coming upon horseback. He has something bundled up on the back of his horse. It's long. It's kind of bulbous at the top and gets thinner towards the end as he approaches this large tented city the large tent where the seance is taking place, we see Rogvir standing outside of it, much more lucid than we've ever seen him in his entire life, or to what our viewers know. Galvin steps off and hands the quote-unquote package to Rogvir, who accepts it graciously, as Rogvir invites Galvin inside the tent. hundreds of people in red cloaks working with magic, some blood magic, some spells and incantations, along a large pedestal that's set in the middle. Uh, when Ravir comes in with the quote-unquote package, um, there are quiet cheers amongst all of the, the witches and wizards as Ravir places the package into the middle of the circle heads back to work. Galvin, you get a, you're getting a peek at this. See some of the scrolls around, the spell scrolls that they're working from. You clearly remember one with a clear house symbol upon the pages. You see um, a three-headed dragon on the house symbol. Um, and as you, as we come out of that flashback, that's something you remember clearly. That's something you should be looking for. Wow. Had a cool vision. Holy shit. <laughs> so, before I leave, I'll place a hand on neck. Not like, <laughs> just like <laughs> tenderly. Kill him. Fucking kill him. <laughs> Roll the choke. No, just like uh, tenderly <laughs> brushing. And I just, I'm kind of lost in the moment for just, just a split second. And I'm just... My old ally. And obviously the audience can see that there's more there that he wants to say, but... Um, I think he's definitely... Rogvir's definitely slipped back into it. And, uh... Uh, he looks over, uh, at Galvin, and, like, like, winces at his hand on his shoulder. He goes, ah! Ah! And he gets up and he, like, runs back inside. (laughs) And as Galvin, you know, runs away and back... Um, city side away from the port, so we can also see <laughs> Rigal, who's just like huffing and puffing, who's been chasing him all day. 
Um. <laughs> With a gavotte in hand, like, nothing to see here. <laughs> Cut back to Galvin for just a second, who's looking back at the sea foam as you're kind of fondly looking over that memory. We do hear a, a, a large sound of flapping. We can't tell if it's the the parchment that comprises the tent of this memory or something much larger in the background. Meanwhile, we'll cut to the Martell's domiciles for these peace talks, where we see Ruthelia Sand uh, having a little bit of a meal uh, with Doc Smartel and some of his men. And it seems to be cordial, having a good time, a couple laughs, a good vase of wine. Yeah, we're having a great time. <laughs> She's talking about the, uh, yeah, I'll be like, I told you the Silas could do it. I should have believed you, my friend. He is quite You told champion. me that it was a waste of coin. <laughs> uh, every bet not made on a Dornish man is a waste of coin, in my opinion. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Uh, and he drinks wine, um, and then he sees out of the corner of his eyes um, uh, one of the flowers, like, peeking in through the door. Leva, this is the business I wanted to talk to you about. And he waved the flower in. The flower comes in with several other flowers carrying the bodies of the vipers. <laughs> and they lay them on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you lay them over like some of the lesser Martell men's like food and everything that they were still eating um, and they get up angrily um, and, and like quickly go to grab their weapons but Dox waves them off it appears that we are not as safe as we thought that is what I told the great houses and that is what I'm telling you is there a certain reason you did this to my men or I it wasn't me who did this to you, man. There's a... There's someone... The, 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 the rogue killer. You and I know that... Uh, uh, we, you and I know the, the reason for... Some... Of the deaths of late. But not all. We have been lax... In our... Investigation. Weak. Are you telling me that... These men were also killed by... Marla Corbray, or are you insinuating something else? I'm insinuating that we know, but that we don't know. And that is unacceptable. Doc stands up uh, and walks around the dead bodies as he's just kind of ex- inspecting them. As <laughs> it kind of like close-up views on him looking at the one that had his eye burned out with the poison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me, Ruthelius, are uh, you aware of the story of the Mad Queen Daenerys Targaryen? You know that I am. <laughs> there were many who would have wished to have been in that situation. The last of the Targaryens, the only true rightful heir to the Iron Throne. But you and I know, as he's sitting down on the table close to you, we both know that there were others out there. Other dragons closer to the shadows as he kind of turns his head to look at you, Ruthelius. I don't know why you should tell me this story, Docs. I don't know why it, shouldn't, it doesn't concern you that your men have been killed. It did cross my mind that perhaps 
It was you. <laughs> oh, you play such a wonderful game, Rebellious. It is no game. Did you mark that how they've been how one has obviously been slain by poison? Yes, yes, um You and I are the only ones who could possibly have access to poison such as that. To the untrained eye it wouldn't be so obvious. But to me, your brother of late <laughs> Basically I'm trying to like <laughs> Yeah, I get I get what you're doing. Get I got some it. Power. <laughs> Power play. Um, Just throw my dick on the table. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to have you roll to shut someone down. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, this is, this is rough. I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. roll for something. Okay. Hey, you're doing a good job. Ugh. All right, come on, <laughs> come on. Rolls. Plus will. Rolls. Plus will. Be in my favor today. Uh, roll to throw a dick on the table. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I got a five. <laughs> but Rebellious uh, has strings on everyone, right? So he throws his dick on yes, the table and it instantly that does, that, that, that kind of helps, Yeah, use your string. <laughs> Gets into actually, a regular oh, okay, failure. Actually, actually um, I have two strings on Dubs. Wow, really? Oh. Uh, because he has a string on me. Because my string on Docs is there is someone you would never kill or betray. But today, <laughs> that changes. <laughs> Can I spend two string? Um, yeah, I'll allow it. The way it's going to play out, though, is that we're going to hit a bit of a standstill. Because while Docs has an inkling about Ruthelius' true lineage, he has no proof as of yet. Um, and you're not wrong in saying that this poison did come from Dorne. And the only person powerful enough to procure it would have been Docs or yourself. So he's going to play this one lightly. Uh, but he will chide you for the power play. Need I remind you that um, you just belong to a house that's made it onto the Greater Houses Council? There is no House Sand that has a seat there. Remember where your home is. As he's going to like do a wave of the hand... And his men, like, pick up the dead bodies to go do away with them. As he's about to leave, uh, Phileas is going to mutter to him, Sand buries all. Which Ooh. is uh, oh. uh, the house words that Donny Docks would know. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna cut to uh, Rhaegal, who's still on his wild goose chase uh, for Rogvir. You're gonna head... Where the fuck is that? I feel like this whole, whole show is just regalling me. Like, where the fuck is Rogvin? <laughs> right when he doesn't want him there, he like pops up when Regal's naked. <laughs> this dude always uh, catches me naked. It'd be a fun fan cut. <laughs> They're all background shots. If you watch the episode just for Regal, you can see him in the background of every single scene. <laughs> just running for Rogvin. Um, Regal, you're heading down a hallway through King's Landing which you bump into Lady Jaina and Lord uh, Roderick Forrester. Okay. We were just chatting as uh, Jaina stops you. Oh, dear brother. Uh, look at her. I'm like, have you seen, uh, have you seen Rogvir? You know, I try not to keep tabs on that little man in red. Okay. What is it that you need? If I can only have a moment of your time, I need to speak with you. As she, like, nods at Roderick Forrester, and he nods back. 
uh, and they part a little bit so Jaina can talk to you by herself. Remember, dear brother, that favor I asked of you to begin making moves in Westeros to align our houses? Yes, I, I remember. I do believe I was able to make um, one of those moves myself, but unfortunately it I must ask you for a favor if you're so willing. Um, I'd like to observe a person. Yeah, of course. Roll plus sense. I got an 11. God damn it. Okay. With an 11, you get to ask three of these questions. Is the character telling the truth? What's the character feeling? What does the character intend to do? What does the character wish I'd do? And how you can get the character to blank. Um, how is the character feeling? She feels a little nervous. Um, she knows she's asking a lot of you right now. Or she is about to. Alright, and then I'm gonna hold two. <laughs> okay. As Jaina pleads of you, I would ask for you to marry Lady Forrester. And then he's going to look at the camera and go, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> but obviously you would think she's referring to Elena, who you've slept with. Okay, I'm going to be like, yeah. Um, okay. What's the catch here? There is no catch. Our houses would just be binded together. In fact, we make out of the deal as we'd have. Such a strong knight, and at the the mention of knight, you move your head around Jaina to see Roderick Forrester talking with his daughter, Wilfred Forrester, who Jaina obviously wants you to marry, not Elena. <laughs> and then I'm going to turn back and be like, are there taxi baxies <laughs> I'll look at her, uh, can I... <laughs> um, can I shut someone down verbally? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go for this. Roll plus will. Let's see how this goes. I'm gonna try to tell her. No. 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 That's not a good idea. Six. Yeah. Mark experience. God damn it. <laughs> Finally, how to get a bad roll. <laughs> I've had the mark experience three been... times. But anyways, continue. I have been kind. I have been patient. I have let you drag that goddamn red wizard around. I need you to do one thing for our household, Regal. One thing to make sure that the Bank of Bravos don't call in for our heads. This expenditure to move out to Westeros has been a strain on the bank accounts of House Sunswelter. I need you to do this to secure our household. Trying to figure out how to get out of this. I think I'm going to tell her I need time. You need to give me time to think about this. That's fair. And that's code for, I want to go talk to Lady Forrester. <laughs> of course, I'll give you until after the trial's done. Does that sound fair? That sounds great. Alright. Um, Lady Jaina and you both walk over to Roderick. And by Lady Forrester, did you mean Elena or Wilfred? Um, uh, Elena, not Wilfred. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as the three of them walk off, um, you walk further down the hallway, um, and you see Elena. She's sitting there reading a book. Oh, shit. How am I gonna do this? This is my fucking fault. <laughs> um, 
Can I use one of my strings? I got my string. I got my sex move string. <laughs> on 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 Elena. Do you have your string? What are you attempting to use your string for? Um, I want to convince her to convince uh, to 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 like call this off. Like this is not happening. I do not. Happy storyline is like a Shakespearean comedy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm walking around much ado about nothing, but you guys are doing fucking Macbeth or some shit like that. Yeah, we're in fucking Macbeth over here. <laughs> <laughs> a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. He's like, sent back in time. I'm like, whoa, man. Hang on. You telling me they're trying to get me to marry this person? That's my best New York accent. <laughs> Hang on. Let me go to my sex move. Okay. Okay, I'm just making sure I didn't. There wasn't anything. I was just making sure there wasn't anything else. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go up to her. I'm gonna use my string, uh, and I'm going to say, "See, that's the thing is that we're all such a fucking little sleazy bastard that like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he's gonna have to be a dick about this. But I'm on I'm on Elena's side about this. So, <laughs> um, okay. In Regal's mind, here we go. Um, looking, uh, looking at, at Elena, and I'm going to say, I need to talk to you about certain matters. Um, unmoving from her book, she like pats the bench next to her, so you can come and sit down next to her. All right, I will. I'll sit down next to her, and I'll say, I don't know if it's a decent idea to marry your daughter. Uh, still reading her book. Wilfred is a wonderful woman herself. She'll make a fine wife for you, and our alliance will be strong. I don't see what the qualm you have is. Oh no. Oh no, I know what Rigal's gonna have to do. <sighs> to my viewers at home, I'm not normally like this. <laughs> um, but anyway. <laughs> no, wait, what? <laughs> but anyways, I'm gonna uh, look at her, and let's keep in mind that I did not gain Captivated. Uh, and I'm going to look at her and I say, it's only because I love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, she closes her book and looks at, uh, at you as she like quickly grabs your face and pulls you in for a kiss right there in public. Brown chicken, brown cow. Oh, and then I'm going to have you, <laughs> this isn't how it works, when I have you to roll um, to suffer harm. Oh no. Um, just to just to see how I can do this, because I want you to have a chance. I don't want to force too much on you. So I just want you to roll plus whatever current harm you have right now. I have no harm. If Rigal has any, then just roll straight 2d6 for me. Eight. So I'm going to say you... This play does work out. She falls for it. But she does say to you, It's perfectly fine. You can you can marry my daughter and still have me. Oh. We can just keep it a secret. <laughs> we can keep it a secret and we can be together. You'll be in my own, my own castle. <laughs> oh, that's not what I want. Oh, shit. Um. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that could ever ruin your chances of uh, uh, 
you having to marry Wilfred as if our little secret got out to the public, which I won't I won't say a word, and I'm sure you won't. <laughs> and no one else knows about us. Oh no. Um Alright. Regardless I think Regal's in the corner, so there's only one option for him, and I guess he's gonna take it. So he'll say, that's alright. I guess it will be so. And then uh can we uh, can we, without, without the camera on us, can we do a little brown chicken brown cow? <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut back to that next time. Fuck yeah, okay. That's where we'll end this episode for today. Oh shit, alright. God damn it, there's so much hype, I'm so hyped. <laughs> <laughs>